So you talked to a recruiter, you were at the recruiting table, they took your resume, now what? Or you got all the way to an interview and you want to know how long you should wait before you reach out or before you move on. These are some tough questions and that's what we're gonna try and talk about today. Fair warning, this episode may be a little bit on the longer side, but I want to make sure that I cover this thoroughly because again, it can be kind of complicated. Look, I also want to preface preface this episode by saying, hey, this is just one guy's opinion. Okay, this is a kind of going, uh, and I want to make sure that I highlight that, hey, it's only one opinion. Your job is to gather as many opinions on any specific topic instead of just relying on one, right? So, and again, I'm also gonna speak in very general terms. Uh, I may not necessarily be uh, referring to, let me back up. <laughs> I'm being very careful here. I sound like I'm doing like a legal, like a legal disclaimer. In no way, shape or form am I implying that what I'm suggesting is exactly what ExxonMobil does, okay? I work there, I love where I work. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only place that I'm looking for in drawing uh, information to kind of recommend to y'all. Uh, so please, 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 as you're hearing this, do not make this a tie to say, well, man, he's pretty much given me the open book answers and, and exactly what to do when uh, before and after I interview with ExxonMobil. That is not at all what I'm doing. Although I will say some of this stuff applies. Okay, so now that I get past that, uh, and you and I got you in the right frame of mind. The first thing I want to talk about is at the recruiting table. Okay. And, and let me back up a little bit and say, and I mentioned this in another episode, you got to understand, uh, if you are at a large career fair, say ship national conference is coming up. That's what we're gearing towards. That's why I'm doing these. And you, and a lot of college campuses, if you go to one of these big schools, uh, they putting on a career fair, you know, uh, the companies that go, they have to pay to go there. It's not free. So there, and, and at the end of the day, these companies are businesses. So you kind of have to have a, if you're going to have an investment, whenever these trips are made, those teams that are going want to maximize the trip. What does that mean? They're going to be meeting with, not only are they going to be doing the career fair, they're going to do info sessions. They're going to look to talk to professors. They're going to look to, you know, talk to deans. They're going to look to, uh, talk to the development office, talk to career services about how to better prepare students for their company. They are going to have a wide range of items that they want to accomplish while they're visiting your school. And the same can be said at a national conference, right? So I'm going to be part of this SHIP national recruiting team. And when we go there, we're not just going for the conference. You know, as a company, we foster this national re relationship with SHIP. So we're going to go to IPC meetings. Some of our professionals are even going to go to some of the professional development items. And and so there is a, a whole lot of agenda that's happening while uh, a company goes to one of these events. And one of those things, yes, in the career fair is not only meeting candidates, but potentially doing on-site interviews. So this was a huge lead up to say, Make no mistake, the majority of companies that are going to these events have the intention to do some sort of of uh, on-site interviews based on the people that they meet right then and there. So at the recruiting table, and you also have to gauge based on the size of the company, how many people are on there and what are your odds in getting in? And also, 
uh, reading the situation. What am I trying to get at? If you are giving your resume to a recruiter and if you have made an impression, which I've talked about that in, in, in other, um, in other episodes, right? Chances are one of two things happen. Either you're so outstanding that you immediately get asked to do an on-site interview. That means that you've passed phase one, or you might be a potentially good candidate, in which case the, the recruiters might want to wait to the end of their day or the, you know, the middle of their day to see who else that they meet. And so you can kind of read the signals around if someone specifically uh, lets you know that they're doing some interviews might ask you about their availability, but maybe they don't necessarily immediately give you one of the slots. That should be kind of your indication there that you're, they're thinking about you, but they kind of want to see who else is, uh, is going to uh, show up. And if that's the case, like if you were one of those people, then you should really think about uh, what portions of your story or what portions of your of your items you want to highlight and really get back into that sh- into that uh, top tier selection group uh, if you do progress to one of these interviews. OK, now the other part, this is the one that and I, I don't know, I'll talk about this one because I think sometimes people's expectations versus what they think they heard doesn't necessarily line up. There's going to be instances where if you're just reading and, you know, there's very uh, normal interaction. Uh, what do I mean by that? Like they ask you a few questions. If they have to ask you more than a couple of of questions to try and pry details and they're still not getting anywhere with you and it takes longer than a few minutes for you to get an idea of whether you're having a connection or not, chances are that that is not going to work. And that's a tough thing to hear but it, for for those people, I would say if that's the way that you that you felt or if you didn't get any indication or if you just kind of went around in circles in your conversation uh, or especially if it turned into a, a feedback type of situation where someone is now coaching you or mentoring, the chances are that of you progressing into an interview in that circumstance is are probably not high. However, I wouldn't necessarily say that you you're it's a complete loss. Depending on what your classification is, you may uh, now, instead of trying to get an immediate opportunity, start thinking about the long game, about building a relationship and realizing like, hey, I'm, you know, I know you have a ton of people based on our interaction. If, you know, it seems like the chances of me progressing to an interview are probably pretty slim, but I do want to kind of get your feedback as to what do I need to do or, hey, I want to reach out to you and connect on LinkedIn if you're willing to, to, to coach or whatever, right? So now at that point, you can make the switch into more of a uh, seeking some sort of mentorship and longer term relationship over trying to get an immediate position that they might be offering. Now, this really works more if you're a freshman, a sophomore, uh, maybe a first semester junior. It's definitely maybe not the conversation you might be having if you're about you're a last semester uh, excuse me, a last semester senior about to uh, graduate, right? In that case, kind of read the room and then just gracefully uh, move on to the to to the next opportunity.
So now let's talk about what happens when you're in the interview. Okay. And this is going to say, Hey, you've gotten to the interview. You get to that last part of an interview when, you know, you've already uh, either asked your questions or you're getting to that final wrap up and somewhere in there, one of two things needs to happen. Either one, the interview, the interviewer go, goes ahead and tells you, Hey, so here's what the next steps are. And so in those situations, right, they'll tell you, uh, they may lay out what exactly the entire interview process entails, right? They might go into a, Hey, so you met with the recruiter, you've made it onto this interview from here where you may, you know, there might be different rounds of interviewing because at that point, depending on the size of the company, they may be, uh, needing to match you with different sites, at which case someone from the site might call you or someone from a different location might want you to fly you out to meet you, to, to meet more individuals and so on. So it may not be the end of your, uh, of, of the interviewing journey. So next to that then is, well, okay, well, if the, whether this is the last interview phase and it, from here it turns into an offer, no offer, or whether we go on to the next step, they may offer up a timing, right? Hey, so you can expect to hear from us either way in X amount of time, okay? And so in those situations, uh, I would clarify with them and make sure that you understand what that timing looks like. So I said, one, either they provide all this information. The alternative is that if they haven't, you need to ask it. Right. It is very fair. And for you to say, Hey, can you give me an understanding of what some of the next steps are? Okay. So do not leave that interview without a clear understanding of what's next. If you're expecting them to tell you, or if you're expecting them to like, well, I assume that they're just going to let me know whenever, and you don't walk out of that interview with some timing, it's going to make it even more difficult for you to make a decision on any other offers that you might be entertaining. Okay, so make sure that one way or another, whether they offer it or whether you ask for the information, you get a clear understanding of what is next. Okay, I think sometimes folks ask, well, what do I do? How long do I wait? And then I ask them, well, what did they tell you? And then they say, well, they really didn't. I'm like, well, wait a second. Did you not ask? Well, I didn't know that I could ask. I didn't want to come off as uh, uh, cocky or not appreciative. And look, it's professional, right? And of course you need to ask it in a professional, humble, humble manner. So delivery does matter, but you are uh, entitled, right? To know some of the stuff, especially if you're a runaway candidate, if you're one of these real high GPA, highly technical tons, I mean, you need to know what your worth is and you, you, you more than definitely in those occasions, there should be no question. But even for someone who isn't that high, if you've gotten that far along and you're reading the interview and things are going good and it's interactive and you're able to talk about skills and the interviewers engage, I mean, again, you need to, uh, you have every right to ask. I say every right. It's, it's fair game and it's professional for you to ask about timing. So do not, do not, do not leave that interview without an appreciation of what is going to happen next. So then the other, uh, for some of you folks, uh, already, already may have, uh, or you are entertaining multiple offers. So what do you do then? Right? So what do I mean by that? Like you've been, do, you've been, you've been doing what you should be doing, which is weighing your options, seeing what all these other companies have to offer. And more than likely, if, if you're a good candidate, 
you have multiple offers that you're entertaining. And if you're up against a, and if you hear this timing and you're, and, and you're like, oh man, well, I got a deadline with another offer. They're going to, they're going to clash. What do I do? Let it be known. It's a long lead up for me to say it is again, very fair game for you to say, I just want to let, look, I'm, and again, it's about delivery and about being humble. Hey, look, I, especially if it's one of those companies that, that, that it's like your top company, right? And just say, I have all, I absolutely want to work for you. Uh, I have been working really hard and one of my hopes is to get aligned with your company. Uh, but naturally with, uh, with, uh, being a student and, 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 accomplishing what I have. Uh, I, I have talked to other companies and I currently have an offer that's on the table whose deadline is, and you know, whatever it might be. And it, and it conflicts with the timing that you're giving me. And I just want to let you know that that's what I'm up against. Right. So again, in that scenario, a couple of things could happen. Either they say, well, so sorry, so sad. We're, you're just going to have to make a decision. If someone was to answer with that kind of audacity, and give you that kind of treatment. If I was you, I would question whether or not I want to work for that company in the first place. So my, my, in those situations, if that is an indication of how they're going to treat you and value the skills that you bring to the table, then I would walk away. So you've read the situation at the recruiting table. And if you've gotten to an interview, you've gotten to the end, you've asked some clarifying questions and you have established timing of what's next, right? Whether they ask you for the, I mean, whether they give the information freely or whether you ask for it, right? The point is make sure you do not walk out of that interview without understanding what the next steps are. Because I think that's what ends up making things so complicated because people leave and they're like, well, what's next? And they're like constantly looking at emails and they're waiting with no real idea of how long it's supposed to take. I will say this, right? Uh, think about the size of the company that you're applying for. Timings may vary, right? Where there's some companies that are small, uh, let's say it's a privately owned company, a small consulting firm or something like that, where, you know, the person that interviewed you is the supervisor of the group. Well, that's different, right? Those turnarounds might be uh, uh, faster, right? Let's say days, Versus a large corporation who has a recruiting season that uh, that ends later in the in the year or in that uh, semester. I'll give you an example. Right, like for us here at Exxon Mobil, our recruiting season is in the fall. It, it matches the school's fall semester, and so we start in that August September time frame. Start organizing, and it's really by you know, the end of October, mid-November, right before the holidays, right right before Thanksgiving kicks off, that's when we say, hey, we're done with recruiting season. So if you're being interviewed, say, in August and there's still some recruiting season to go, it might be a, it might be several weeks, right? It might be a month or so. So you have to kind of understand the timing of when you, uh, I say understand, be considerate and, and, and see where you're at uh, and uh, with the type of company that you're trying to apply with. In most cases, though, that two to three week window is uh, is probably a reasonable time for those recruiters to write up your summaries or make their recommendations, you know, forward them to hiring departments or different uh, areas or work through their internal process, you know, and kind of get you into that uh, next step. Of course, the more interested they are in you or the more you uh, 
were able to highlight the what you bring to the table at an interview and and the, again the more interested they are in placement the faster that turnaround might be again this is why i say make sure you understand timing and also, if you are against another opportunity, uh, make sure and share that, right? Just for the sake that everyone's on the same page. Uh, it can be very beneficial when they know, hey, this is a, a good candidate or a very great candidate. And by the way, if we don't snag them now, our competitors might. So you kind of want to build that sort of urgency without uh, being uh, uh, coming off as a cocky or arrogant, if that makes sense. So... Um, if you do not hear from them within the time that was provided, and I guess another thing that you should establish at the end is some sort of follow-up communication, right? Uh, ask them for their email so you can follow up or say, hey, how can I keep track of the progress that's being made uh, or, or where I'm at in the process and then hash those details out, right? Especially if they are able to uh, excuse me, let me back up. If you're able to connect with that individual recruiter, like say on LinkedIn or something like that, a little bit more informal platform, uh, sometimes that's beneficial too, because then you can uh, just touch base with them without having to wait on, uh, say, some HR response or or something of that nature. So establish communication. If you reach this, you know, they told you two weeks and it's two weeks and nothing, reach out. Uh, if you are up against something, then then that's when you need to decide whether or not it's time to move on, right? Because at the end of the day, I say, look, the favor, and again, this is really Manny talking and forget about where I work, but you've put in the hard work for the last four or five, six years, however long it's been. You're the one that if you, if you, if you are a, a high caliber candidate and have that high GPA and have those experiences, you're the one that, uh, that uh, did all that work. And so I say own it and be proud of it and also don't sabotage yourself uh, by turning down great opportunities that present themselves when maybe you're not getting traction on where you originally thought you might. I say be flexible because it might not be your dream company that you line up with originally, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a different path there, right? And what am I trying to get at is, hey, you start off professionally when one place and somewhere in your career, you could come on as an experienced hire or keep tabs with that company. Networking doesn't stop once you become a professional. So there's a million paths to take if you do have this ultimate goal of lining up with this one trophy company. But I will say, even in those cases for folks that that uh, that, that I know that have lined up with uh, another company or maybe it wasn't what they originally thought that, that where they end up, they end up finding enriching experiences, people that love what they do. And I, I would venture to say that the majority of the folks uh, are pleasantly surprised when they land. Because at the end of the day, let's put things in perspective. You are chasing a college degree in an area, and I'm talking to my STEM folks here, in an area where most people don't pursue a career. And so you will find that uh, in, the STEM, in the STEM field and in STEM-related industries, there's so many enriching opportunities. So again, I feel like I've gone off on a tangent. I hope this kind of helps navigate what to do in that space after you interview 
and before you uh and if you don't hear from uh, from a company or or how long do you wait before you move on that was kind of my intent again thank you so much for listening if you found some benefit look and if you're listening on the apple podcast app please uh scroll down a little bit there after you see the podcast art you'll see some stars i'd be it'd be great if you gave me a rating that tends to help uh uh grow this uh podcast organically um, at the same time, if you're, if you are willing to write a short review about what you gained from it, if you liked it or not, give some feedback, that would be amazing. Sharing this podcast with others who might need help is also a great way to pay it forward and, uh, leaving some comments or likes. If you saw the posting on LinkedIn or Instagram also goes a long way in, you know, helping those posts be seen by others. Cause ultimately what I want is people to get help, get the information, reach out and continue the conversation offline. Again, thanks for listening.